scary girl. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And I'm Mary Angela. Hey! And this is Dead Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? Because it's our show and, and it's not, not yours. If you're new to the podcast, stop, stop. Go back, listen to it from the beginning, episode one, grumble throw to my mouth a little bit. Thank you. Do it. Like right now, we're not even going to continue. If you're new, like just go back, do it now, start from the beginning. You're like, why? I don't care. Shh, shh. Go back, start from the beginning. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And if you are not new to the show, which you shouldn't be, then you would know that we don't normally have three people. But today we have Mary Angela. Angela. Because it's Guest Oberfest. And we're closing out the last week of Guest Oberfest with the first guest that we've ever had on the show before, and that was Mary Angela. It's me. I don't even know how many times I've been on now. I think maybe eight. Maybe eight. I, don't know. I like to say to that that you and Christina are the Alec Baldwin and Steve, Steve Martin, Martin. Yeah. of Dead Time Stories. Our top hosts. Where there's like a, a funny, like friendly rivalry about it. <laughs> and it's cute. We say funny and friendly, y'all. It gets it's crazy. Cutthroat. It's messy. They've actually stabbed <laughs> each other one time. Mm-hmm. The hair has been pulled. It's, it's been wild. Just not and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just so glad both of you have survived it. And we'll continue to stoke this flame. <laughs> tell the people about yourselves they should know you but you should tell them anyway i mean seriously uh yeah you know i live in philly i do theater i am the director of the center on the hill the place for active adults in chestnut hill um i have you know experienced a lot of spooky things in my life in you know, over the years, and I've been on this show and talked about them. It's true. Hashtag Debbie House. Yeah. Debbie House. That was the first episode. Debbie House. You started uh, from the beginning, you would know. Yeah. You know yes. that. You remember. We, we know. <laughs> you remember Debbie <laughs> Puff, House. Puff the Magic Debbie. That was we the name still of that talk about Debbie House. It comes up. I feel like it comes up a lot for some reason. It really does. It was one of our first, like, it's not necessarily like, a bit. Like, yeah, I was going to say, like, a running gag. Yeah. On, mm-hmm. on Dead Dead Thanks, Mary Angela. Debbie well, House. I mean, it's where it started for me, because, you know, like, after that, then weird stuff just happened to me. Mary Angela's <laughs> like, a little more right, that was, attuned to it. That, that's where it all began, so, yeah. Yeah, other than that, you know, I'm just, I'm a fan of the show, and... Super excited to be your final guest on Guestoberfest this year. It's so exciting. So excited. So tell the people you have a thing going on. Oh, I do. True Tales from the Tombs uh, will be actually, this is airing on that Thursday, so Saturday. Mischief Saturday Night. the 30th. The 30th. Mischief mm-hmm. Night. Uh, but don't is... bring that shit into the cemetery. <laughs> Ooh. Keep that mischief night bullshit outside the cemetery right. gates. But come in if you want to see a really cool show at Laurel Hill Cemetery. Um, it's called True Tales from the Tombs. And you take a tour through the cemetery and you hear five stories of five people who are legit ba- buried at Laurel Hill. And um, the five we picked this year are pretty interesting people. And um, we're doing more tours this year than we did last year, which is exciting. So the actors won't have to hang out in the cemetery by themselves for so long. <laughs> Last year was like an hour in between each tour. Yep. Now it's sure like was. every every 30 minutes, like boom, Sarah's boom, boom. was like, I remember it yeah. very well. Yeah, no, tour, tours are coming. Uh, it's going to be exciting. But you can get, um, I think they're bringing back the cider and all the fun stuff oh, that they had had before. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a nice night out. It's my favorite gig of the year. I love doing this gig so very much. So I'm really glad to be doing it again. This is my third year, third year doing it. Um, and next year they said they want me to bring it to Laurel Hill West because they're much more different and interesting people buried over there. Um, so we're, Whoa. we're in talks about that. Um, wow. Rude. <laughs> I mean, well, no, I, it's, it's a newer cemetery. So like, you know, they've got more, more recent, more modern celebrities. Right, right. Exactly. Um, so they want me to do that. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm sure there'll still be tickets, although I don't know, we do sell out, but they've added more tours. So anything's possible. Check it out. LaurelHill.com. And Sarah, you'll be there. 
Uh, I will be. I will be hanging out at one of the grave sites. So <laughs> just hanging out there. I'm just hanging out. At the end of the night, I'll get paid. Oh, I'm I'm doing a monologue. Mary Angel's is looking it? at me. Mary Angel is the director. Right. I'm gonna perform a monologue. Uh, and if you have been listening from the beginning, you know that because I, uh, we have been plugging the show every week. So please come and see True Tales from the Tombs at Laurel Hill Cemetery. That's like this Mary Saturday, said, October 30th. This Saturday. It starts at six, right? Yep. First tour. First, first tour, tour at six. six. And it's one of my favorite gigs of the spooky season. There's nothing like camping out in a cemetery and watching the sun go down. And if you like camping out in a cemetery on a similar but very different vein, you could come hang out in a prison. Prison. So I am, of course, still doing Halloween nights at Eastern State Penitentiary. And unlike other parts of the tour of Halloween nights at the Speakeasy, you can actually hang out. So if you come to see me at the Speakeasy, you can listen to me sing and I can also tell you your fortune and we can just hang out in a lounge cell and have a good time. Um, but you won't be talking to me. You, of course, will be talking to Miss Judy May Best, which is the flapper ghost that I get to be as I haunt the speakeasy at Al Capone's cell. It's a good time. Uh, I definitely recommend buying your tickets online in advance. We have been selling out a lot with pre-sales this season, so I don't want you to risk it and try and get a ticket at the door. You should definitely, definitely get them online. They are also cheaper online, and I am going to be in that for the entire rest of the season, which comprises of today through this Sunday, so the 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, and then we're four nights in November, which is the 5th and the 6th and the 12th and the 13th. So Friday and Saturday of the first two weekends of November. And yeah, it's going to be a really good time. I will be there all of those nights. It's definitely something you should check out. And yeah, of course, the the proceeds go to Eastern State Penitentiary, and they do a lot of fantastic work educating people about the prison system and the history of the prison system in the United States and criminal justice reform, which is a really important mission, and I love it. And hopefully... At this point, I'm still in Snatcherella, which is every Wednesday at Frankie Bradley's. Even if I'm not in it, you should still be going because it's friggin' amazing. But hopefully at this point, I'm still in it week four, kicking it. And yeah, you can get tickets for that online as well at frankiebradleys.com. The doors are at eight and the show is at nine every Wednesday through December 15th or 18th, whichever one of those is a Wednesday. <laughs> December is still too, December too close 15th. and too far away. It runs through December 15th, and that's every Wednesday at Frankie Bradley's. That's our, our gigs that we've got scheduled right now. We're all busy people. <laughs> we are busy people. We work, man. We work, especially in the fall. That's I love to work in the fall. Yeah. I had a great nice. birthday. We went to Halloween nights on my birthday. We did. We also went to Barcelona, which Mary Angela, sometime we're gonna we're gonna go again and you're gonna come it was with very us. Very good. It yeah. is a wine and tapas bar in mm. uh like the East Passionk area. Mm-hmm. And Philly, like check it out. It's dope is dope as fuck. It's so good. It really is so so good. And it's tapas, so they're little plates and it's really fast. Like we would order like five or six plates at a time and they would come out right in less there. than ten minutes. Wow. And we would eat all of them and we'd order another round and they would just bring more plates out and yeah it was that sounds awesome (laughs) it was fantastic it's a good time good fall things are happening here fall things are happening all All of our banter when it comes to this time of year at guestoberfest is just talking about all of our gigs gigs. because we work so much and that's part of the glory of guestoberfest is we get to have wonderful amazing people on and it gets to support us in the other fantastic creative work that we get to do and gives us a little bit of time off from having to do the research that's what i mean so that, that was what i meant by that <laughs> i knew that's what you meant by that <laughs> the editing still has to happen y'all work still goes into this we are so freaking excited to have mary angela on always 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 so let's get right to it hey sarah hey stephanie hey, hey mary, mary angela, angela. Hey, hey leslie, leslie. Y'all, Y'all ready, ready to, to talk, talk about, about some ghosts? ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Mary Angela, what are you talking about this week? So I thought because you're bringing me back because I was your first guest, um, I won't I talk about it. the things I love it already. I talked about the first episode, but the second episode I was on, which wasn't too long after my first guest appearance, I talked about 
haunted theaters that I had been in, like yes, myself, yes, my personal yes. experiences. I do remember. I do too, and I love it. Correct. And they were, I, I mean, I had, this I, is going. I had some good stories, um, and they were awesome. So, you know, I mean, theater has been dark for like almost a year and nine months, basically. And recently I restarted, I did a show in a theater, theater that had been dark. And when I first walked in, oh my god, are you it, telling me you had an experience at Stagecrafters? No, oh, <laughs> Sarah was so ready. But I was like, we could do an investigation there. <laughs> like, we go there. I mean, it is a very old theater. But what struck me was, I got the night we did auditions. I was the first one there, and like Kate let me in and then had to go get something from the front house. So I was literally in the theater by myself and they have this great ghost light that's in there. And it was just super eerie and strange. Like, like all the energy that you usually feel when you walk into a theater had been like sucked out of it. Like, like was missing. Like there was, it was, it was was really strange. And I sat in there and I thought about it and I was like, wow, like, Theaters are the one place that like really have never been dark like this. You know what I mean? Like theater has been around since like the Greeks, like people. (laughs) Right. So I started thinking about all the theaters everywhere in the country and in the world that were dark for over a year. And I'm like, what does that do to like energy, right? That's there. These ghosts that would be there because we all know that a lot of theaters, particularly old ones are in fact haunted. (laughs) Like there's definitely evidence to that. So It just, you know, it was it was kind of crazy, like to just sort of sit there and think about it. And then and I'm pretty sure that was just weird timing when it happened. But like I'm sitting in there by myself and all of a sudden, like I hear like this weird like rattling from the kitchenette area where nothing is plugged in, I should add. And nobody is back there. And I was just like, okay. I was like, I hear you. Like, it's fine. Like, I am thinking about you and like, whatever. And it might have been nothing. And it probably was. And who knows? It could have been just like the wind or it could have been the fact that the building is settling and it's old and whatever. I mean, I have no idea. But it I just felt like it was kind of like welcoming me back. Like, it was just like, hey, like you're you're a person. Is this going to happen? Are we open? Like, is this is there going to be energy here again? Like, this is amazing. And through the process of this show, my assistant director actually didn't know what the ghost light was. They actually asked me what the ghost light was, and I had to describe what a ghost light was. So for those of you who don't know, all theaters, all theaters have a ghost light, and you leave the ghost light on for the ghosts. <laughs> like it's, it's Duh. Just, right, it's just what you say. Like it's, it's, for the ghosts. It's, How it's com- else are they going to see? Right. It's completely bad karma to not have a ghost light on like you will jinx your show like it will be bad the ghosts will be angry if you are trying to do theater in the theater where you don't have a ghost light like it's not okay you have to have a ghost light um, and I thought that was really interesting because I just thought everybody knew that like I don't know I just was like oh no this is this is why you do it so I did some research on other theaters in the world and particularly New York um that are haunted and I found some really interesting stuff like you know theater ghosts are mischievous do you guys remember I mean just a little bit of the stories that I told on that episode yeah like um you know Ford's theater and (laughs) uh the academy of music and being like it is super cold up here and weird and this is crazy or Thalian Hall where the dog fell off the balcony but miraculously yeah wasn't harmed in any way and (laughs) it's like some, something caught that dog and put it down right like so a lot of times ghosts are like happily mischievous and then sometimes ghosts are like I don't know I mean I won't say mean but you know they like to like mess things up like you got some phantoms of the operas coming at us from New York lighting cues don't go right or Chandelier's you know fall to the ground. stuff yeah exactly stuff like that so I found some interesting ones um, and I tried to put them in order of like which ones I thought were like super, super interesting. And some made both lists. So I have two lists. I have the 10 most haunted theaters in the world. And on that list, there are two theaters that are in New York. So then I went to uh, find a list of haunted theaters in New York City since that's all coming back to life right now. So I'm like, ooh, I'd really be interested to know if these ghosts are like 
where the hell have you been? <laughs> what like if anything been recently on? has been posted. Right. Like recent exactly. experiences. Yeah. So I haven't found much yet, but I'm going to give it some time because theaters have only been open, what, like four yeah. weeks or something? Um, even that. So I want to get put on that side of TikTok. I want the haunted Broadway right? actor TikTok. I just thought about the TikTok that I sent you where it was like, Broadway bootlegs be like, and as the person holding the phone, <laughs> yes. and then like you know the usher walk by, and they, they dropped like, go it, down, drop it, and like hide the phone. But also in that moment, they caught a ghost on camera. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, did the usher come by, or did they get spooked because they saw a ghost? The usher, came, the by, usher came by, but the usher's been dead for fifty years. <laughs> the usher is the ghost. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So interestingly enough, a couple of these, it is something like that. Usher ghost. Like, like it's crazy. Or this particular ghost will do things that an usher would do. And that is actually the case of it. this first one that I'm going to tell you about. That's excellent segue that I totally knew yeah, I was doing. Yeah, I mean, it was, I couldn't believe you were saying that where I was like, oh, this is great. Did y'all talk about what she was going to no. talk about on the show? I feel like that's the second time you've alluded and been like, I know what she's talking about. And I'm like, did y'all talk about something without me? How dare you? <laughs> I did not. I purposely kept it under wraps just for you. So the first theater I wanted to talk about is the New Amsterdam Theater in New York City. And um, right now it's kind of been it's been the Disney hub for a while. Disney shows have been at the New Amsterdam mm -hmm. for a long time. So, you know, many, many years um, right now at present. It's Aladdin that is at um. the New Amsterdam. Uh, in New York City. So who they think is the biggest, they, they say there is a couple knocking ghosts or poltergeists that, you know, make weird sounds, doors open and close on their own there. Like, you know, um, a lot of the actors will talk about they'll be in their dressing room and their door will open mm -hmm. like on its own. And they're just like, no, thank you. And they just like close it. But there actually was a pretty unfortunate story that happened there with a woman named Olive Thomas, and she was a Zigfield Follies chorus girl. And they think she's the one who is like the one that is there causing kind of she's the bad the, ghost. The, the most, yeah, like the most stuff that's happening. But she's not necessarily, you know, mean or unpleasant. It's just she likes to she likes attention. Right. Because I don't know what that's like. Because right, because her, her star was extinguished too soon. You know what I mean? Like oh, she wasn't match. Right. So of course she fell in love with Big Mistake. Like you huge. Do. Yeah, well, exactly. Like you do. <laughs> um with a gentleman who eventually contracted syphilis and then told her, Well, you've got syphilis. Whoopsie doodle. Right. Was this before or after she was already starting to go crazy and blind? Yeah. And pieces fall off of her. So what happened next is up for conjecture. Official reports say that Olive accidentally swallowed an overdose of Jack's medicine. That was the gentleman she was in love with. It was mercury bichloride, bi bichloride, which is poisonous in large quantities. Sounds like, sounds, poisonous like it. sounds like medicine. And, and, right. Sounds like it's poisonous in small quantities. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but one has to wonder how she could have accidentally emptied the entire bottle of blue pills. So then some people are like, well, did she kill herself or was she poisoned? She like, right. Like what exactly happened? But, Odd things started happening after that at the New Amsterdam. People that worked there started telling friends they had run into Olive backstage. And people were like, that's impossible. Olive's she, been she dead died. for 50 years. Well, at this point, she recently died. I was like, died. this was this like, was she like just early. died. Olive's been dead for four yeah, hours. Right. <laughs> like, and here she is. Yeah, I imagined it was like, no, she died. Like, didn't you hear? She died last week or she died last night. So she was pretty, like, predominant there in the 20s. But then... Like a couple decades later, when that sort of Forty Second Street in that area kind of hit like a rough patch, and, and when Amsterdam everybody that wasn't she knew like wasn't really used so anymore. much, right? You know, there weren't any reports of it. However, Disney in the 1990s bought the New Amsterdam and remodeled it and brought it back to life, right? So um, that's when things kicked up again. <laughs> she was like, "I should have been a Disney star. I was born a hundred years like, too oh, early." Here's my big break. Yep. 
So a person, one of the employees there said not exactly a believer, but certainly less of a skeptic now because when she was touring the New Amsterdam in the mid 2000s um, that was being converted into an office space, as she passed below the stage, um, he suddenly and distinctly heard the sound of tap dancing on the boards above him. Climbing quickly to stage level, he found he was completely alone. She was tap dancing and she was trying to do that little Disney Channel light thing where they draw the ears. She was like, I'm, what's her name? Oh, Olive. Olive. I'm Olive, and you're watching the new Amsterdam theater stage. <laughs> tap, 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 right? tap, 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 like, tap, hire me, me. Like, show me, show me, this is where I can be. Pick me. And he's like, weird. And he's like, okay, but no then I got here. up here, and you're fucking invisible, so right. that's useless. And she's like, I got stage fright. Ugh. So um, there's some people that say they've seen her walking around with a bottle of pills. (laughs) There's a woman walking around with a bottle of pills. Right. Where I was like, okay. Um, What I found really interesting was there was a patron, an audience member, who um, was at Aladdin and actually went up at inter... Or was it intermission? Uh, I have to find where it says. But basically the way the story went was that she needed a booster seat for her daughter. But she didn't want to interrupt the show. So... She had gone at intermission to ask for a booster seat. And the woman was like, okay, yeah, I'll bring you one. And she's like, okay, no problem. And she went back to her seat to wait. And when the usher, whoever she talked to, came back with the booster seat, she already had a booster seat. And she said, where did you get this booster seat? And she said, oh, well, one of your employees in the back, it was a woman, she pointed to where they are, like where you keep them. And they were like, no like i'm i'm the only person that's up here like i went and got like this is one like where did you get them from and she told her where they were and it was like this storage space where it was not where they would have gotten the booster seats it's like where the booster seats are stored i guess or extra ones or something but she thinks that it was olive who like pointed to like Like, this is just just come and grab it it's it's in here here. yeah it was like a closet that like nobody knew about and she was like also that closet should have been locked like how the did the closet's been dead for 50 how, years? How, how did you get in there? Right, yeah, like what? So I thought that was interesting. I was like, not only does she like to mess with you, but she likes to be like, hey, do you have everything you need? Do you need a booster seat? It's, it's over here. This closet. Are you liking the show? Let me let you into this closet. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> Olive, not now. Also, another story was that a female replacement conductor who had worked on Mary Poppins, also in that theater, knew about Olive, was getting ready in a dressing room. Reading from an email from the conductor, she said she spoke out loud to Olive. Well, Olive, I'm back again, and I'm a little nervous, and I just wanted to introduce myself again. If you could please just give me some good luck, she mused out loud. Then she also said, I wonder what the Follies girls would have thought of a female conductor. And just then, according to this email... Uh, Four of the round dressing room bulbs flickered and went off for a few seconds and then stopped. The bulbs were all new, having just been replaced for the show. It was like a wink. It was like she was signaling that she was fine with the idea, she said. (laughs) Like, hey. Hey. I think they'd like like, it. Here's your little sign. I'm into it. Here's a little flick, flick, flicker. I hope that gives you confidence. I'm not okay with the lipstick marks. Another report says that there are lipstick marks that she leaves, like on walls, different dressing room walls, or sometimes bathroom walls. And Ooh, they why always, are they on the wall? Well, and they always clean them off and paint over them, and then they always reappear. And I was like, ooh. That is not COVID friendly. Olive. Right. I was like, Olive, it's COVID that, time. That would freak me out. Like, I'd be okay with everything else that they talked about Olive doing. Until we start talking about creepy lips. <laughs> her kissing a wall. Like, it's just, okay. So that's the new Amsterdam, and that's that's Olive. So if you go to see any Disney shows in New York City, and the bathroom doors open and close for you on their own, or you, or you see you lipstick marks, seat. or you need a booster seat, Olive's your girl. She'll be there. So the next theater in New York is one that we've actually been in. It's the Belasco. Yeah. So we've been in the Belasco Theater. It's very interesting because they think the spirit of one-time owner David Belasco, known once as the Bishop of Broadway for all his his oddball habit of wearing priestly attire, which is interesting, right? Um, It's like Larry's piece in the show you just did. Exactly, which I bet is probably where... John Patrick Shanley got that idea. <laughs> Silly. Like, like, truthfully, I mean, I bet that was it. Um, so supposedly he's there and he haunts uh, Box 
three, I think it is, Balcony Box three, which is interesting because they say it's mentioned in Hedwig and the Angry Inch when they were there. Neil Patrick Harris used to talk about it, asking if you'd seen him in Box three. And I don't remember that part. I mean, obviously, we saw, we saw Michael, Michael C. C. Hall. Mm-hmm. I was like, so maybe he was like not he doing that joke in. anymore. I don't really know. But basically, people see him in the back all the time. They see him not just in the box, but they see him backstage. They see him up with the patrons. They see him. You know, there have been patrons who have, you know, said there's, you know, a priest basically who's, you know, standing up here making me feel uncomfortable or whatever because he's not it's not necessarily again that he's doing anything as he's just present and his presence is very uncomfortable supposedly according to all these reports well i mean the priest outfit probably pretty uncomfortable enough a little bit he does also like to pinch butts all right well you couldn't have led with that no wonder so well i mean and and so it says here that one uh several more than one actor there we go more than one actor has filed complaints with the house manager that an old man dressed up like a priest has pinched (laughs) their bottoms what a fucking perv you gotta get rid of this old guy who keeps wandering in here he thinks he's a priest and he touches like one so we gotta have this stop and supposedly he's also not the only spirit at the Belasco. There's also a blue lady who appears as an icy cold blue mist who has been seen on the theater stairways and in dressing rooms. There are reports of the sound of raucous parties. So it's another one of those like parties. What, what do we call those? Those events where ghosts appear in time like the. Oh, it's a residual. Haunting. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some residual hauntings there of raucous some parties. Of Halloween nights. We saw yep. some of the residual hauntings. We did. Yeah. Complete. They were staged though. Of course. Some of them were. <laughs> complete with the sound of feet dancing. Um, that's a big one. I guess apparently ghosts really like to dance. That's the whole thing I didn't know was a thing. I mean, how else are you supposed to pass the time? In 2010, Playbill took a video camera into the Belasco apartment that's above the theater. Um, And only a few media outlets have been granted permission to do that. So they went up there to kind of see what they saw. It doesn't talk about what they saw. It mostly just says they felt weird up there. Did they go up looking for ghosts or did they go? Okay. All right. Got it. Yeah. And so they had the camera up there and they were like, we don't, they didn't catch anything. But, but the video that they have on here that I watched that was just trying to start playing um, is basically just talking about how weird they feel. Like they're just like, I feel really weird up here. Like it's all very strange or whatever. But supposedly producers who have tried to stay up there in the office slash apartment, like they don't get good night's sleeps. They get the bottoms of their feet whacked, like, Ugh. you know, they get you know, jolted awake, that kind of stuff. And so people just don't really use don't spend time up that there. space, which is what spawned the people in 2010 going up there to be like, let's let's check it out. Like, let's see. But as often happens when you go and do that, you're like crickets. Nothing's <laughs> like, happening. Right. Like, hey, we're here. Why not? So that is the Belasco. Where are we going next on our New York haunted tour? So, um, not surprisingly, the Richard Rogers Theater. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Richard Rogers is where Hamilton is. And the ghosts at the Richard Rogers apparently are super friendly. They all consider it good luck when stuff happens. It's a lot of knocking. It's a lot of, again, doors opening and closing. Who's that? Oh, but oh, but oh. they consider oh, oh, okay. it. Okay. Okay. Um, but every, every actor there really like considers it super good luck. Sometimes after hours, there's bizarre ha- uh, howling sounds. Sometimes chandeliers will move. Uh, sometimes props will just get like rearranged. That's like, not cool. They'll, they'll, they like, know that's not cool. Right. You don't touch another actor's prop. Well, not just oh, that stage manager is gonna be on that actor and be like, "Why didn't you reset your prop? Why? Why is this over here? You know that's not where it goes." I said it last night before I left. Right, and the yeah. ghost is in the back, like. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. That stupid actor. I mean, nothing ever goes missing. So that to me always shows that like a ghost is out for fun more than like, like 
I've had stuff disappear, like full on oh, yeah. disappear, gone, gone. And that's where I'm like, no, nah, that ghost is trying to prove a point. Like that theater ghost is like, uh-uh. Like I'm going to, you know, but this is like, I'm going to move this over here. I'm going to like, I'm great. I'm going to rearrange it. So that, I think that's probably why they're all like, it's actually okay. Um, there's supposedly several redheads. They call them the redheads. There's five spirits, all redheads. Um, some men, some women that'll appear in different places and they don't know if they're like ghosts of past, like where the gingers actors. come from. Yeah, who let like, them in here? <laughs> like were they, who, who, who they were or what happened? They're not sure if they're the ones responsible for the howling. They're like, we were here to audition for Harry Potter. We wanted to be the Weasley family. It's like, is this where Phantom is? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But rush tickets for Phantom. Again, nobody considers them. Bad luck. Yeah, sure. like so, they're all like, "These are these are the good luck ghosts." It's not like when you see the ginger family, your show Run is going away. to be a flop, right? Yeah, no, it's it's not like that. So now we're at the Eugene O'Neill Theater, which right now is housing Book of Mormon. This makes me laugh out loud because the ghosts here full on break things. So the ghosts of the Eugene O'Neill are constantly breaking props, um, which I find ironic because I'm like, is it? Is it the play? Like, are you guys just like we're not having this play? This we don't like the we don't like Book of Mormon, Mormon. right? Yeah, like it's it's weird because of the other ones, stuff wasn't broken, rearranged, okay, maybe missing in a couple, but like to break it, like to damage it, and then you have to kind of wonder like what it doesn't say which props are broken, like what it is they're breaking, but I'm like, what are they breaking? Like, right? Yeah, like what's what what kind of point are they trying to do sometimes things will fall off the prop shelves dangerous things like gardening shears oh, yeah um, not cool. that's not Mm-mm. they also like to tug hair at the eugene o'neill so actors will talk about waiting in the wings you for entrances ask somebody. not everybody's into that and right and then be like <laughs> pull and get their hair pulled i don't like that yeah so i'm it, trying to be focused back there you can't do that shit you got a guy pinching butts you got a guy pulling hair you can't work in this town without somebody touching you dead or alive right i mean i'd be okay with a butt pinch but i'm not okay with somebody pulling my hair like that would flip (laughs) me out (laughs) i would be like whatever i mean i I don't don't want either just me well i'd be like you know try it this is the creepiest part they say it would be weird for you though because what hair are they grabbing right if i feel the hair pull and i'm like But I feel that jerk on my scalp. That would be a little weird. (laughs) Phantom hair. The creepiest part to me about what's going on at the Eugene O'Neill is that sometimes, once in a while, this is just once in a while, an actor will hear their character's name whispered in their ear. Ooh. Like as they're walking around. Like just like whispered. Their character name. Their character name, not them. Number two. Exactly. Right. How'd you know? I was like, uh, oh, I, uh, no, don't pull my hair. Don't whisper in my ear. Both of those are really, really creepy. I'm really not okay. These ghosts Um, are like straight freaks. They are like Like, all up in your personal space. They're a little bit. Yeah. So then the next theater is the Stephen Stonheim Theater, which is basically built on the site of old Henry Miller's theater. So any theater to me that's built on the site of a previous theater, that's just, they shouldn't do that. <laughs> I feel like that's just asking the ghost to get angry. What happened to the other theater? Um, burned to the ground. Anytime uh, and then like, fell into the swamp. like, theater yeah. burned down and they built another theater right on top. Yep. Ooh. Right. Because then you're left with the people who died that, in the theater. How many died in the burn? Fell yeah. The so. Fell into the swamp. Yeah. There were kind of a few. So. This one says Kevin Duda, who played Neil Sadaka in Beautiful, the Carol King mu- musical that was there in 2014. He'd stayed late one night at the theater, walked up to the stage door and realized that he had forgotten something in his dressing room. So he noticed the old Henry Miller sign. That was the old theater. They had the old sign still there, um, which hangs over our security desk at the stage door. As I returned to the elevator to go back downstairs, I murmured under my breath, Wow, I wonder what Henry Miller thinks of his sign being relegated to the stage door. And the elevator bounced and stopped. I was stuck in the elevator. 
like Ugh. right after he said it out loud. He's like, you wonder how it feels? Feels like being stuck feels in the fucking, fucking elevator. It sucks. So he screamed for five minutes and finally the head of our security came to my rescue and he pried the doors open. He has never said Henry Miller's name in this theater again. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's my greatest fear is being stuck I, in Yeah, I don't like the idea of being stuck in an elevator. I will not take an elevator in a parking garage for that reason. Yeah, I feel like I will get stuck in that kind of an elevator and or that's the kind of elevator that'll plummet to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I will never. Mm-mm. So I will probably never set foot in that theater, I but I hate, feel like. I hate a parking garage. I'm always <laughs> terrified in a parking garage. But yeah. That yeah. guy's, mm, mm, no, yeah. don't follow me. No, thank you. Don't touch me. No, thank you. Um, they also talk briefly about the Gershwin Theater, which is where Wicked is. Yeah. That one, is, again, is a lot of slamming doors. And what's interesting is is that this one's haunted, and it was actually built, the Gershwin was built in 71. So it's an old, uh, a newer theater mm-hmm. in the scope of theaters. So for it to have activity, people wonder, like, is it on the site of a previous theater? Like it doesn't, there's no record of that. So yeah. then it's kind of like what happened there that might have like carried over. This one is a theater that has laughing. It has a, a the lot Gershwin? Of, no. Um, no, this one is the, um, yes, the Gershwin. Sorry. Yes. And that reminds me of the Conley Hall story. <laughs> with the, right? Yes. And I'm like, there's nothing eerier than hearing laughing and you can't figure out where the laughing is coming from because I you're like, like, why? That. Why are you laughing? I don't really, understand. Yeah, is it at me? I don't know. Yeah. What? Like, not okay. So again, Gershwin off my list. Um, <laughs> won't work there. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, some, some sort of phantom specters like appearing and disappearing in the wings stuff like that at the gershwin so there's definitely something going on there that's not really great and then the imperial theater which i find this one interesting because they think it's actually ethel merman's spirit that's there fun (laughs) right and i was like really how did we Ethel Merman? Like, she doesn't strike me Why as somebody who... Why would she who... be there? Well, because there were a lot of her performances were at that theater. But it's also, like, she doesn't really strike me as the, the kind ghost of... type? Right. Like, I'm just kind of like, what does she have to prove? Like, she had a great career. Like, you know... It's a con ghost. Nothing tragic happened to her. But the reports also come from the young cast members of Billy Elliot. So that's where the reports of the like sightings Mm -hmm. and the things that they saw and they said it was stuff like you know things moving around and doors opening and closing and cold spots and stuff like that and i'm like well think about theater kids for a hot second Mm -hmm. in a real old theater right and then we like and we think it's ethel merman they do say that they've heard like singing like and a distance, which I think is probably where the Ethel Merman yeah, that came into thing play. comes into. But so, so I'm taking that one with a grain of salt because, you know, seeing doors open and close and that kind of, I mean, that's a pretty common thread amongst all of these. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, this one was reported by kids and a theater that's, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm holding, I'm holding that one on a, on a question mark. Yeah. So the other one is the Lyceum, which is also a theater I've been in. That's where Jared and I went to see, what was that show with Nick Kroll? Um, oh, oh, hello. Yes, that's the one. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, hello. And I could tell that theater was definitely super old when I walked in there. Like, it looks newer on the outside, but then you go in and you're like, oh, dang, this is a very old theater, which is super interesting. So at this theater, a lot of of equipment and and like lighting and stuff will go wrong in this theater which is ironic because the night we did see the show there were some sound challenges some like technical difficulties that were going on and i just assumed it was like you know i mean it happens right live like, theater so, right, right exactly what are you gonna do live theater um but now after reading this where they're like it's pretty common like it's pretty standard and the people running the show and won't know why it's happening. There's no rhyme or reason. Everything is functioning. Everything is new. Mm-hmm. Everything is in good condition. Everything was tested pre-show. And, like, stuff will still happen. And it's always with the electrical stuff. So it's, like, those things where yeah. it's, like, Ugh. why is that? You know? Where I'm, like, well, okay. Um, so a lot of people really... Ghosts be, like, fuck your Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the presence of ghosts. We need that energy. We need it. I'm going to zap it. Yeah. So those are the biggies in 
uh, New York City, and two of those made my like most haunted theaters in the world. So when you start going to the theaters elsewhere around the world, their stories get more depressing. Um, oh, right? They're usually like ghosts of people who were murdered or I was going to say I assume there's probably I know I've done a burned down theater murdered people killed people in this fire story before I know that there's multiples of those yes those type of things happen but a lot of times it's like you know actors or actresses who you know get killed over you know, feuds or, you know, wronged somebody or, you know, I don't know, didn't get the part they wanted and killed themselves or weren't very good. And like, you yeah. know, I mean, it's it's really it's for lack of a better term, dramatic um, where they're just like it's always whatever happened to them was very dramatic. Whereas, you know, the New York City ghosts, at least the way they portrayed them in that article was a lot of like these are just people who were there and had a lot of fun and now they're just kind of there wreaking havoc just to like because this is where they want to be this is this is what they want to be doing but in other places like the i'm going to pronounce this wrong the huna how do you think you pronounce Hmm. this (laughs) right the huguan huiguan opera huguan huiguan okay that's what i'm going for huguan huiguan Uh, It's in Beijing, and it opened in 1807. So it was built by a World War II philanthropist, and unfortunately, (laughs) he leveled an ancient burial ground in the process of building this theater. Number one thing you don't do, period. Right. So now, disembodied screaming and wailing is supposedly heard in the theater's courtyard. Cool, cool, cool. Tight, tight, tight. Okay. And, and if you throw a stone while you're standing in it, a ghostly voice will shout at you to stop. Oh my God, I hate right. It. So, like, angry ghosts are at this theater. Oh, I don't like that nope. one. And they're there because they were laid to rest and then. Woken up. Bothered by the building of a theater. You. Yeah. That's so what happens when you build on a burial ground. Yeah. And they're like, we're sick of seeing Shakespeare's. Right. <laughs> so in Chicago, the Ford Center for the Performing Arts, the Oriental Theater now, uh, was opened in... 1926 that was the current building that's there now the original opened in 1903 and just like the titanic it was like not good it sunk well pretty much it was supposed to be like you know the best the best of the best this was the opulence of you know everything that society had to offer the biggest best nicest theater in the entire country and it of course promptly burnt to the ground with people in it oh no because in 1903 there wasn't a whole lot of electricity lighting things there was a whole lot of candles Mm -hmm. and gas and all that stuff so um more than 600 people perished in that fire and instead of like i don't know what you'd do with a space like that if it burnt to the ground um they decided to rebuild and that's where the oriental sits now is on top of that space so you can imagine there are 600 angry people yeah um, spirits hanging out at the oriental night to night anna gastire basically was quoted she was in wicked there for probably two years and she was quoted on several occasions of being like you couldn't catch me there by myself ever like she got the creeps all the time that's fair almost always had somebody with her when she had to like you know go from place to place in the building. She really didn't spend any extra time there. She said, you know, in other theaters, she'd go and hang out and spend time. And she was like, I never felt comfortable there. It was just never a place that I felt comfortable. And I'm like, well, sure. No, probably not. A lot of people lost their lives there. That's why. Super bad energy. Um, There's a place called Dock Street Theater in Charleston, South Carolina. Opened in 1736. The current building opened in 1809. You can guess what happened to the original building. Caught on fire. Burned down, fell into the swamp. Right. It was actually kind of a victim of the revolution a little bit. Like, it was was kind of a lot of things um, that happened, but the fire burned it down. Um, So, and people have seen... Junius Brutus Booth. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his first name right. Junius. Anyway, he's 
was a 19th century actor. And was he also, related to John Will? Yes, his father. Oh, <laughs> there it is. So um, they have seen him there. Yeah, really, really interesting. So we talked about the New Amsterdam. That made this list of places in the country that are in the world. There's another one where it's supposedly a person. The Palace Theater in Los Angeles is supposedly. I'm sorry, that's in New York. I apologize. It's it's the Palace. Yeah, the Palace. Right, the Palace Theater in Los Angeles opened in 1911. Supposedly is haunted by Judy Garland. That's like how Ben Franklin is apparently everywhere haunting in Philadelphia. Right. <laughs> he's just. I imagine he's just drunk and stumbling all over town. I mean, people say they see her like in the wings. They see her in the balconies they see her in different places and i'm like well you're in los angeles you're pretty much gonna see who you want to see like you know what you i mean see like anybody yeah right be, but, calm down but she did do several productions there so people are like all right that's great pa- uh, i'm not great with french all right say this one here we go here we go Ooh. Do we do we think we're saying the S or or do we think the S is silent? Silent. That's it's my French. Go silent. Paris Gagné. Ooh, I like it. Paris Gagné is in uh, Paris, France. Opened in 1875. Phantom of the Opera was there. If you are not familiar with that story, it's kind of spooky in itself. <laughs> so, do you know the story of Phantom of the Opera? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Sorry. I was just looking you around because like, I didn't. Like, oh. I was thinking about making a joke of like, if you don't know Phantom of the Opera, what are you doing <laughs> here? But then I was like, no, that's a little. I'm. I made a. Sensitive. I didn't make. I found a meme that I sent to Colleen and Zach today. That was a Phantom of the Opera meme where it was like a. It was Christine like on the cover of Cosmopolitan, and it was. Like, <laughs> it was just like weird things like you know how to sing to this person how not to freak out when he takes you to the basement and you see he has a sex doll of you <laughs> like Gee. all these like weird things but it's just christine like looking over you know at you know the phantom <laughs> that's part of it he was weird he's weird that's it's a where, weird it's a but weird that's story. where it happens it is, is what story. you're telling me right well so that that story phantom of the opera is actually based on this particular theater in France, okay? Because there was a chandelier um, that did crash down and and harm audience members in this theater at one point. There's actually an underwater lake. Well, it's actually a giant water tank beneath the opera house. I don't like that in any way. Which I'm not really sure why. It doesn't really say. But it says, depending on who you talk to, there might have even been a deformed guy named Eric who helped build the opera house and lived in a secret apartment underneath. Mm -hmm. And while his skeleton was never found, something else from uh, that novel was a collection. The sex sex doll he built of the the singer that he was in love with. No, but a collection of phonographic recordings of some of the opera house's most famous singers uncovered in the cellars in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what would those be doing down there? So, yeah. Can you imagine living in a cellar underneath an opera house surrounded by water? Yeah. No. Underneath an opera house? Yeah, no. That sounds awful. Yeah, no. What a life. No, thanks. That would make you go crazy and... And make, make a make sex, sex doll. doll of your favorite opera singer. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, so the last one I'm going to tell you about. We'll never know. Is, we'll never know. Is the St. James Theater in Wellington, New Zealand. It opened in 1912. Oh, no. And this storied theater in New Zealand's capital has a long history of presenting all sorts of culture, including operas, ballets, and movies. But it also happens to be lousy with supernatural phenomenon. That's what Natch. it actually said. I was like, oh, I love that. It's lousy with supernatural phenomenon. A friendly ghost named Yuri, a Russian dancer who fell to his death on stage. Can't even imagine how that happens, but it sounds awful. Has been responsible for strange electrical occurrences. So again, a ghost that's like, I'm messing with the electricity. And supposedly for twice saving the life of one of the St. James's uh, projectionists. Oh, how? Um... 
It doesn't like say. Like the dog that fell from the balcony. Yeah. He fell, but the thing caught him just and just enough that die. he didn't die and hurt himself. There's also a wailing woman, the spirit oh. of a failed act- actress who's been known to weep in the dressing rooms and is blamed for unfortunate circumstances that have befallen other female performances oh, no. or performers in the theater. She's so she's in me. there crying and Tanya hardening and, her yes. way. She's like, all yes. I ever need. Yep, pretty much. Whap, whap! Lead pipe. Mira kneecap. (laughs) Pretty much. So that's my world tour of weird haunted theaters. And what I learned from this research was that I really don't want to to go into theaters (laughs) by myself. Like, I was literally like, you know what? Especially when they've been empty for a long time. I'm good. Yeah, no. Because, yeah, whatever that was, I honestly think the more I think about the stagecrafter sound is that I think it might have been a mouse, like some kind of mouse or rodent or squirrel. Because, I mean, those buildings were left empty in a place where there are rodents and squirrels and raccoons. Could have been a raccoon. Could have been who the heck knows. But either way, I found it really interesting that, like, it could have been. Could have been a ghost mouse. (laughs) Could have been a ghost mouse. mouse. (laughs) Who knows? But all of this to say, theaters were dark. For a long time, and I bet you that not just the ones I mentioned here, but all of them are seeing an uptick in some crazy activity right now because those ghosts need some attention. They're like, where have you been? What has happened? All my life. That's the theater as it's opening up and welcoming people in. Where have you been all my life? Pretty much. That's it. That's what I got for y'all. Spooky theaters. We love to see it. The end of Guestoberfest on a spooky theater note. I want to thank you so much for coming and being on our show again. Thank you for having me. Hooray. Go support Mary Angela and Sarah. Yes. At Tales from the Tombs. True tales. Because they're true. They are true. Based on a true story. Yes. That is tales this Saturday. At Laurel Hill Cemetery. Yes. And of course, you can still come see me at Halloween Nights at Eastern State Penitentiary and hopefully still at Snatcherella at Frankie Bradley's every Wednesday. You can support our podcast in so many ways. You can email us. Sarah loves the emails. Deadtime Stories with a Z at gmail.com. You can buy merch from deadtimestories.com. And of course, we love it, love it, love it. If you subscribe to our Patreon, which we have a Patreon with multiple tiers with bonus content, marvelous, love it. And the best way that you can support us that is totally free, of course, is to leave us five-star reviews on iTunes and all of the other places that you listen to our podcast. And um, Yes, please. That's it, right? That's it. We'll see you after Halloween. That's a wrap on Guestoberfest. Guestoberfest, volume Thank you so much for being on, Mary Thank Angela. Thank you. I love being on. It's such a long commute for her. It is. <laughs> she just has to walk upstairs. upstairs. <laughs> I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And I'm Mary Angela. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Remy Slackman.